Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It might be the best tight end draft in a decade. Coming up, one of the fastest tight ends in said class, Sam Laporta from Iowa. Is he the next big tight end in that great Hawkeye tradition? He will join us on this hour of NFL Now on NFL Network from our newsroom in Los Angeles. My name is Andrew Siciliano. Great to have you again here, Steve White. Glad to be here. This this Lance Zerline mock draft, I mean... That's the news of the day. Have you seen the Lance Erline mock draft? It is serious business. We're leading with a mock draft because it is that time of the year. That's why. And because Lance's mock draft is different than all the other kids. Yeah, he's got Bryce Young at one. Boring. Just kidding. He has, however, Tyree Wilson at two. The Texans pass on a quarterback. Say what? More of that later. Huh? And he has C.J. Stroud at four. Wait. How do the Ravens get four, you ask? Because Lance has the Colts signing Lamar Jackson and giving up the two ones, including four overall. Again, Lamar Jackson of the Colts, C.J. Stroud of the Ravens. Lance is taking a lot of shrapnel because, remember, Lance lives in Houston, everybody. So he has the Texans not taking the quarterback at two. Even his son doesn't like it. His 18-year-old son (laughs) is texting dad saying, what kind of mock is that, dad? Lance right now is otherwise occupied defending his draft all around Houston. So Jeff Jadia is here as well. Yeah. So we're going to try to make sense of it. Jeff, starting with the trade at four. Yeah. Uh, the, the understated part of all of this is that Lamar Jackson would be a cult for this to all work. Yeah, it's crazy. I thought Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark was the big controversy of the last two days. And Lance just blew it out of the water with, with, this, <laughs> with this trade. Uh, uh, it... it Look, I heard Chris Ballard at the owners' meetings talking about how, yeah, they'll look into the the possibility of making a deal because Lamar Jackson's a great player and he is available. But it's hard for me to imagine, one, the Houston Texans passing on C.J. Stroud, and, and two, that this would come down. This is still with Lamar Jackson, a money situation. And it's, it's just – I know the Colts have done a lot of moves with veteran quarterbacks for the last few years. This would be uh, way, way outside the box. I, I just, Steve, I, I know it sounds sexy, but I just can't imagine that C.J. Stroud winds up in Baltimore and Lamar Jackson is playing for the Colts next year. Well, the, the first part of what you said is what I can't imagine is that the Texans pass on a quarterback, whether it's Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, at number two because Lance Zerline might not be the one needing to get property in Colorado. That might be Texans GM <laughs> Nick Casario if he passes on one of those two prospects after what's happened at quarterback for them the past couple of years. I'm not, I, I, I'm not so, you know, crazy thinking that maybe the Colts try to make a move for Lamar at number four if they don't get their quarterback. If they don't get the quarterback they like in the draft, they may call it Baltimore and say, okay, 
let's try to get something done here. I just don't see the Ravens coming off of Lamar Jack. I, yeah. I, I just that's the part I don't see happening. But again, the part of CJ Stroud being available at four, that's that's not going to happen because should he get by the Texans at two and they make that mistake, that's where some other team comes up to three. A team like Tennessee from eleven comes up to three to get C.J. Stroud. The Ravens getting away from Lamar Jackson. A lot depends on, on if, let, let's say, the Colts make an offer, what that offer sheet looks like. Do they want the fourth overall pick? Is it a contract that they actually want to match and have to live up to? There are a lot of variables here. Lance, again, who lives in Houston, has the Texans then, with their other first-round pick, trading from 12 up to 7 with the Raiders, and taking Will Levis, which means Anthony Richardson, Jeff, falls out of the top ten. And with all this Mac Jones noise out there, falls to Bill Belichick at 14. Yeah, even harder to imagine. And I know that Anthony Richardson is a very interesting prospect with all the tools and measurables, but some questions about just what he can be with the limited amount of starts at Florida. But again, like, I I just can't see Tennessee passing on him. I can't see... The Falcons, who have Desmond Ritter, but this would be a better option passing on him. Even the Raiders, you know, uh, having the opportunity to take him where they could take him. I just can't see him ending up being in the middle of the draft with so many teams, needing quarterbacks and having a chance to take a guy who really is highly regarded and coming on strong, Steve. Yeah, 100%. It's Look, I'm sure Bill Belichick, this is something he probably would explore, but he's probably going to have to trade up to make a move like this. He's not going to be there at 14 because – even if Tennessee at 11 were to pass on him, which I just don't see happening, that's where a team like, you know, Minnesota or Seattle with a 20-pick Minnesota 23 tries to skydive in to get a quarterback, knowing, you know, they're in situations where maybe next year a developmental player like Richardson could be their starter for the next four years. So I, I just don't see him getting to 14. But then again, I don't see the Patriots maybe exploring that being a possibility. Yeah, I mean, the quarterbacks are always the most intriguing part, the shiny objects, if you will, of this mock draft. Lance Erline is going with chaos theory here in the first round, which is, as we stand here, 23 days away. Chaos theory, by the way, a superb red wine from Brown Vineyards up in Napa. (laughs) Very good stuff. Steve, He's probably drinking a lot of it, right? Vinter in making. Going back to UC Davis to get a graduate degree here. He's going to grow his own grapes. Thank you. Steve, thank you, Jeff. You can go to NFL.com right now and check out Lance Erline's mock draft. He does not have interesting Hendon Hooker in the first round. However, other mocks do. DJ Bucky Brooks, for example. We were just talking about Hendon Hooker and his rehab from an injury with Stacey Dales. Mike Garofolo now with us for our Insider Report. Hooker is meeting Mike with teams um, that could be interesting first-round pairings. The Saints have 29. The Saints do have 29, yes. And uh, Hendon Hooker is visiting the Saints, uh, a team that has their uh, veteran quarterback for the short term, at least in Derek Carr, after signing him as a free agent. So Hooker is a guy coming off an ACL, obviously will not be ready immediately. So no matter where he goes, it's going to be a place where he is going to sit and get healthy and learn while he's sitting as well. But Uh, There is upside here for a guy who uh, seems to be pretty firm as a first-round possibility here. So the Saints there at 29 uh, could be right where we're looking at Hendon Hooker to come off the board. Now there are a bunch of teams that have interest in him that are going to bring him in for a visit. The medical is going to be a big part of that, and that's a big reason why teams want to meet with him. So 
Uh, don't be surprised if you see a bunch of teams either late first round or even early second round because we've seen teams kind of jump into the first round to get that extra year on a deal for a quarterback that fifth year. So Hendon Hooker looking to be a late first round pick and meeting with teams uh, that are either, again, either picking there or could jump up into there. The most notable example of that team trading up to get that fifth year would be Ozzie Newsom and the Ravens in 2018. They traded up and got Lamar Jackson with the 32nd overall pick, bottom of the first, which means five-year contract. Yeah. By the way, Lance has C.J. Stroud going four to the Colts, which would be, or to, I'm sorry, to the Ravens, which would be fascinating. C.J. Stroud today, Mike, or in the near future, is meeting with the Texans, who have two. I believe it's Wednesday. I believe it is tomorrow. C.J. Stroud meeting with the Houston Texans. The Texans did not have a large contingent uh, at any of the pro days. They're preferring to do their uh, homework on these guys on campus. So, yes, that is what's going to happen with C.J. Stroud as he meets with the Houston Texans who are sitting there uh, at number two. And if Bryce Young goes one, you would think that C.J. Stroud would go two to Houston or vice versa. However, uh, it's going. The Texans obviously need uh, a long-term quarterback solution and are in the position to do that. Uh, as are the Indianapolis Colts, sort of, sitting at number four. And they worked out both Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud on Monday. Another team uh, that said, nah, don't worry about that pro day stuff. We'd rather do our own work. So they worked out both of those guys in Southern California. I'm told both of them threw for them. Uh, both of them happy to throw for them. Bryce Young threw well at his pro day. Definitely impressed teams with his ability uh, to put the football in the air. So uh, you would think that the Colts came away impressed with both of those guys. Now the question is, will either of them be available at number four? If you ask Lance Zerline, you'll get one answer. If you ask everybody else, you'll probably get a different answer. So uh, <laughs> how about his son just crushing him on? What kind of mock was that, Dad? I, I love, love it. But, but Lance is comfortable with his mock. He, he's going to tweet that text from his son, right? Yeah. I mean, as love I said, taking shrapnel, leaving from inside his own home. The Raiders, Mike, have been front and center on uh, this quarterback pro day circuit. Yeah. Now they're bringing him into Vegas, the latest being Anthony Richardson. And front and center when it came to Richardson after his pro day workout when Dave Ziegler, the Raiders general manager, was the first one to greet Richardson. So uh, it's either uh, some kind of really intricate ploy here to also bring him in for a visit on Friday uh, and to jump up there and say hello to him. Or it's a sign that there is interest here, that there is a high ceiling. We talked about Earlier, Hendon Hooker and Derek Carr. Well, how about Anthony Richardson? The possibility of not only Jimmy Garoppolo, but also Brian Hoyer. Hoyer agreeing to terms with the Raiders, according to his agent, uh, earlier today. So the Raiders have two veteran quarterbacks potentially ahead of Anthony Richardson if they wind up drafting him or Will Levis or another quarterback, whoever it winds up being. So, uh, yeah, look, Richardson needs that fine-tuning, uh, finer seasoning on his game. Uh, no matter where he goes, the expectation is he would probably sit and learn a little bit more uh, behind a veteran quarterback. So if it's the Raiders, yeah, that would make a ton of sense, wouldn't it? it? It would make a ton of sense. Jimmy Garoppolo gets the contract, and maybe he could be the next guy up. Brian Hoyer, by the way, joining the page. I'm sorry, joining the Raiders. Uh, if you were to start a game for the Raiders this year, it would be the eighth team for which he has started one shy of the NFL record of nine uh, held by that bearded guy on the TNF pregame show on Amazon. Thank you. Mike Garofolo. Lance Zerline has Quentin Johnson going to the Cowboys at 26th overall. The TCU wide receiver. That would be interesting, certainly. He has Jackson Smith and Jigba, the Ohio State wide receiver, as his first wide out off the board. Starting to feel real today, Jane Slater. Annual meeting was last week. Now we're, we're like... 
I know three weeks away from the draft, but just Aaron Rodgers and this. Aaron Rodgers and the draft. So let's try to make sense here. The Cowboys sitting at 26, looking at who they're bringing in on visits and try to get some idea as to what they are doing. What are you hearing? Well, if I may just real quick defend my man, Lance, I've known him for well over a decade and he and myself and Peter Burns went to New York once to find one of the best restaurants and the experience involved Pop Rocks to clean our palates. It was a shocking experience at first, but memorable none the least. And that's why I equate his mock draft to being. So there you go, Lance. Now let's get into wide receivers. I love that he's got Quinton Johnston up there for the Cowboys. The Cowboys were busy in the offseason trying to address that position. They just weren't getting enough out of that wide receiver room. Now, a lot of people think that Michael Gallup is going to come along a lot quicker here in his second year, but it seems like they're looking for insurance, and they got that via trade with Brandon Cooks, and they, of course, have CeeDee Lamb, but that's not preventing them from bringing in guys. We've heard that they brought in Zay Flowers this week as well as Jalen Hyatt, two guys that could be there at 26, uh, but certainly an area that they seem to want to address. Now, if you look at some of their rumored 30 visits, we're hearing a lot of them pop up. I talked about Steve Avila earlier. He's now tweeting that he's up there at the star. So there you go. Confirmed uh, getting some extra time with the Cowboys. They seem to be putting a wide net out. In other words, they're doing their due diligence at all the positions, and they can do that when they've addressed a lot of these positions of needs, like that wide receiver spot as well as the cornerback spot with Stephon Gilmore. Okay, so if it isn't wide receiver here, just, just playing along, knowing we're 23 days away. Where else could the Cowboys potentially go on night one? I think if Bijan Robinson there is at running back, they would absolutely go that direction. I just don't think he will be, Andrew. So we've got to start looking at some other positions. And I think this one's a grab bag this year. I mean, we've talked about in years past, we've sort of had an idea where they were headed. They haven't been as active, again, in free agency as they were this year. Uh, so with that being said, we talked about offensive line being an area they could address. How about tight end? Dalton Schultz was a guy they felt very high on. Last year, they gave him the franchise tag. This year, didn't even give him an offer. He ended up signing uh, with the Houston Texans. Now, they feel good about the young guys, Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot. But how about guys like Mike Meyer or you've got Dalton Kincaid? Two very different tight ends, but two guys that address their need there. Although, I tend to think that this tight end draft is very deep. I don't know if they necessarily need to go get their guy at that position. They could probably find one later, but that's also an area. If one of those guys is there, I could absolutely see them pulling the trigger on. All right, Dallas Cowboys picking 26th overall, at least for now. Night number one of the 2023 NFL Draft. Jane Slater covering the Cowboys, as she always does so well for us. Thank you, Jane, in Dallas. Iowa and Kentucky territory. Look for the screen back over the middle to Sam Laporta. Good play design. And how about Laporta? Refuses to go down. Sam Laporta. Petrus fires. This one's low over the middle. Laporta, touchdown. Here goes Sam Laporta. Hello. How do you do? All the way down to the 22. Play fake. Looks left. Throws back to the middle. Caught. Touchdown. Touchdown. Sam Laporta. Touchdown, Iowa. Uh, There is a long tradition of tight ends coming out of Iowa. Whether it's Noah Fant or TJ Hawkinson or some guy that was doing wrestling stuff at SoFi over the weekend. Or the next guy. Let's get to know the next guy. name is Sam Laporta. You're going to have to know his name when we get ready for the draft in 23 days. He joins us live from Nashville. He joins us after IT guy George Kittle was able to set up the Wi-Fi and get you, Sam, 
on television. Welcome to NFL Now. Thank you for having me. So, so George Kittle is back from wrestling, and he actually was just in the room, and, and he truly did help you get on the air. He was. He was helping me out with the password and everything. <laughs> is the password something to do with the WWE? It's not. It was a bunch of letters and numbers. So, ah, so it just sounds like the factory thing on the back of the router. Okay. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Gotcha. Sam, when you see those names joking aside on that list, what does it mean to you to be the next guy up out of Iowa at your position? Yeah, it's really cool. Um, there's a long list of tight ends that have came from the fraternity of University of Iowa. Um, and it's really cool to be associated with those guys. And it's even cooler that I get to come out here and do, you know, training stuff with them and learn from the best. So it's been really great so far. And it's been awesome. And it's been awesome to see you come back from knee surgery on this path to the draft, go to Indy, run a 4.59, which was the third fastest among the tight ends there at the Combine. And when you sit down and do the interviews, I'm sure you get asked lots of silly questions. I'm also sure that you get asked about a play, actually down the road from where you are now, at the Music City Bowl, we played it moments ago in your highlights. Can we get that up again? Where, Sam, I think you broke how many tackles here? Six? I don't know. Let's count them off. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, stiff arm. I count six there, Sam. Yeah, that's not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, I was right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean... It's absurd, and it's 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 not too bad, taking into account the fact that you had a knee injury and you came back specifically to play in that game. A lot of guys, Sam, would have packed it up and said, I'm getting ready for the draft. Why did you want to come back and play? You know, I just wanted to play one more time with my boys. Um, you know, football is a really special game to me, and we were having a great year. The chance to compete one more time with all my buddies, uh, I started the year with them, and my intent was to finish it. And I was out there for that last game, and, you know, created a lot of fond memories and one cool highlight, so. Yeah, a cool highlight. Joking aside, you do get asked about that in your meetings, right? Yeah, I do. I do. And what do you tell them? Of the highlight or the game, or, why or, I came back? Oh, yeah. I mean, you you just didn't want to go down. Is that like, Kirk Ferentz says, don't underestimate you, right? Uh-huh. That some people underestimated yeah. you out of high school. I think that play tells that story pretty well. Yeah, I kind of agree. Um, my mentality when I got the ball in my hands is don't let the first guy bring you down or, you know, two, three, four, five, maybe even six guys after that. So um, just being a tenacious and tough football player, and that's what University of Iowa produces when you see, you know, the long list of tight ends and plenty of other guys as well. What has this path to the draft been like for you? And how badly do you want it over, Sam? We're 23 days away. It- it's been a really long path. I think if you ask any of the guys involved in this process, um, it just takes a really long time and you're anxious because you're looking for your next home and, you know, you're just excited to start that next chapter in your life. So, you know, I'm anxious, but I'm ready for the next step. We've heard a lot of cool uh, and interesting, I think, Sam stories from pro days about like guys meeting with two teams the night before their workout, like two different dinners, some in the same restaurant. Uh, Your story is different here as well. You got a parking ticket. Sam actually got a warning and a parking ticket. So two things on your windshield when you were working out. Yeah, that was that was the day of the pro day. I gave my roommate my parking tag for the rest of the semester. So when I parked my car there for eight hours, I, I got that warning and I got that ticket as well. So 
$15 later to the University of Iowa uh, parking and transportation staff. Um, <laughs> you know, that's all it was 15 bucks. Yeah, the first one was a warning, so it was no payment necessary. But the second one was 15 bucks. They got me. So full disclosure, Sam, I went to Syracuse when I graduated. Well, before I graduated, before I was allowed to graduate, um, I got a letter that said I owed like 300 bucks in unpaid parking tickets because I just never paid them. I figured I, I'm just leaving anyway. I can get away with it. Right. These are university tickets. They don't really count, right? It's not like a city parking ticket. And, and they sent right. me a letter that said, I, I cannot graduate until I pay my parking tickets. Yeah, I wasn't in that situation. Um, supposed to graduate in May. Maybe I'll get a big list of tickets that I haven't paid yet, but um, I think I'm aware of every every ticket that I've paid so far. We'll Matt, you, you think? Uh, good situational awareness here. Um, <laughs> one last thing, Sam. Do you have any feel at all for where you're going? Not really. I think there's a lot of teams across the league right now in need of a tight end. And, you know, it's kind of becoming the popular position again. Um, you know, we're asked to do so many things on the field, um, a variety of things from running a receiver route tree, but also sticking our hand in the ground and, and blocking, um, you know, defensive ends and things like that. So being involved in so many aspects of the offense is really cool. And um, I think every offense can use a great tight end. So hopefully I step into that role for the team that I go to. Yeah, and every tight end could use a great IT guy. Sam, we, we do have a picture just, just to prove that I'm not making this up here. Can we put it up on the screen here? WWE yeah, superstar and noted IT professional. There he is, George Kittle in the background. Uh, there down. he is. Yeah. Yep, just chilling after uh, figuring out that the back of the router is the Wi-Fi password. Sam Laporta working out in Nashville. Uh, best of luck to you, Sam. Twenty-three days away. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Watching NFL now. Let's turn back to the NFL draft. The Colts are picking fourth overall. Lance Zerline, in his latest mock, which has taken the Twitter by storm, has the Colts getting Lamar Jackson, giving up that four to Baltimore. Okay, Stacey Dales, that's interesting. Also interesting, the fact that Arizona is sitting there at three, one ahead of the Colts, and a lot of people think you want a quarterback, you got to get ahead of Indianapolis. Might Chris Ballard get aggressive and just go four to three himself? Well, that's a great question, Andrew, because he wasn't aggressive several weeks ago in jumping up to the number one spot. And the Colts love to do these private workouts, which they are engaged with this week. C.J. Stroud, Will Will Levis is coming up. Uh, Bryce Young and C.J. I think were yesterday or today. Um, and I know that he has met with Hendon Hooker and their staff have met with Hendon Hooker and Anthony Richardson. So they're doing their due diligence. They just love the intimacy of meeting with these guys exclusively. Um, so maybe that's why a few weeks ago they didn't move to one. But your question is well put, Andrew, because now they may be forced to, given some of the rumors that we're 23 days away from the NFL draft here uh, in a couple weeks, that Teams that need quarterbacks are willing to move up. We know the Raiders have a ton of draft capital as they sit here in this draft right now at, what are they, number seven? Obviously, the Tennessee Titans that you just mentioned are there at 11. So uh, if they covet one of these guys, you would think they would have to consider maybe giving up something next year uh, in order to do so and obviously um, look at what they have in this year's draft. But, But for these Indianapolis Colts, Chris Ballard has never had a draft pick this high. This is the highest they've drafted since Andrew Luck in 2012. They're sitting at number four. Do they move up 
or will they land their guy right there? And what guy is it? Because he loves accurate quarterbacks. He knows they're more athletic right now in terms of what the skill set is has become at the position. But uh, they don't want to give the football away, and he can't miss because he has missed on a number of veterans, the most recent being Matt Ryan. This has to be a sure pick if it's a quarterback, which it should be. I want to go back to the Titans. You mentioned them. Daniel Ooh. Jeremiah has mentioned on the uh, Move the Sticks podcast, keep an eye on them. They could move up. They are sitting there at 11 with a brand-new GM and Rand Carthon. But, Stacey, they also do have Ryan Tannehill. Mm -hmm. They do for another year under contract. And they have vowed, uh, Mike Vrabel, the head coach, Rand Carthon, as you just mentioned, has vowed that this will be their quarterback moving forward. But, uh, you know, as the rumors continue, maybe they'll move up. Uh, they've been reported to have met locally, obviously, with Hendon Hooker there in Tennessee. Uh, Will Levis, I saw them at his pro day. Anthony Richardson, I believe, a private uh, meeting with them. But the reality is, if it is Ryan Tannehill, what do they need from Tanny and this offense? They need playmakers. I've talked to a couple of people with this franchise, Andrew, and they've got to add more perimeter power, star power. Um, and they've got to get him moving. Play pass, play action. Um, get him moving. Get an intermediate game. Obviously, you have Derrick Henry, who's a factor in all of this. But they think that if they can do those things with Tannehill and add some power to the perimeter game and stretch the field a little bit, they can be better. Because the reality is, bottom five, scoring, total, passing offense. And by the way, they gave up 49 sacks. If you look at the players that they have visited with in this process, Andrew, a number of offensive linemen outside of the quarterbacks I mentioned, a number of receivers, one being Quinton Johnson, the TCU big play receiver, and I mentioned those alignment, Osiris Torrance, Darnell Wright, Broderick Jones. What if they strike there at an offensive line that needs much improvement if they are going with Ryan Tannehill? It'll be interesting. Do they move up for a quarterback? Do they stay put? Do they draft an offensive lineman to better this offense? Or do they get another playmaker, which to me is what they need most? Darnell Wright's an interesting one because he played down the road in Knoxville. Thank you, Stacey yep. Dales, the latest on the Titans. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.